May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Man should understand himself because man is full of knowledge and this knowledge is a gift of nature. When Mother Nature created man, she deprived him of nothing. He was given the faculty of understanding all things around him. This faculty for understanding has not been taken away from him. None of his senses have been taken away from him. So there is no excuse for the black man in lacking the knowledge that man is used to beautify the world and produce all that he needs for his happiness and civilization. Look the world over and whatever you see in it that is pleasing to man, contributing to man's comfort, to his needs and to his satisfaction, it is but the work of man. Man blessed with the knowledge of himself and the understanding of all things around him. If you are able to live with the knowledge of yourself and with the greater knowledge of nature, you must know what is good and what is not. You must know what is finite. You must know that which is material. Place podcast, your host, River London and Carty East. And yeah, where should we start from? How's your week been, bro? Um, yeah, it's been good, it's been good, just living. Um, it's been obviously it's been interesting because of even from like last time, last episode, like a lot of things have happened. Um, the world right now is very interesting, and it's just like, like this is um, a time that will be, be looked at, like we're gonna look back at it in the future. Like, I can definitely say that. So it is interesting to be to like literally be living in this time and like taking in whatever's going on right now. What about you? I mean, even I just same thing on what you just said as well. We're going through a very historic, historic time right now. Just this judge flood stuff going on and police brutality and and the pandemic as well. So it's been a very interesting week, and I've seen a lot yeah. of people coming. Through. I've seen I've seen people coming together now. Like a lot of black people coming together, not just black people, people in general coming together as well, which is very, which is a very nice thing to do. But We've got lots to discuss just looking at this current issue and where it came from, really. So I feel like you should start because, you know. Yeah, but even, be- even before we discuss that, so um, just on some like light things that happened this week, I think it was, it was there was a the documentary that was released. I think it was the Jeffrey Eipstein documentary. I don't know if it was released end of last week or this week, but um, that's something that people might want to watch. Just want to drop that in. That, that also came out um, during this time. Um, and also there was the, the the blackout event, which um, was basically when people posted a black screen on their show that, on their social media feeds in solidarity to what's going on right now. Um, and I think the whole essence was to like um, not post like your normal social media content and like uh, um, I guess just like look into why what why what's happening right now is happening and just like educate yourself and inform yourself on how to move forward. Um, and yeah, but I did see that at the start as being a bit counterproductive because of when it was, when people did start to post it, they were, um, using the hashtag, um, Black Lives, Black Lives Matter. And what that was indirectly doing was, um, blanking out information on like the, the hashtag. Once you click on the hashtag, you didn't see any information what was going on, like the campaigns or protests and, um, developments. So it was something that needed to be reviewed later. And I guess a lot of people were posting, like oh like please can you use the blackout tuesday hashtag instead of the black lives matter hashtag but it was just interesting to see that something that was obviously came out of a good place 
actually kind of that it had indirect consequences for the information but i checked it so i checked it at the start and it was just black um as in you couldn't see any information on anything that's happening but then later on the day i saw that i think a lot of people woke up to it and they changed that but it's just interesting um that that was a thing and i i, I saw that i find that was started by um i think it was two black females and then it was picked up by some record record execs that kind of flipped it into their own way um to be honest i i it, it, it wouldn't really matter where it starts from because the cause was we, I understood the cause of it but it's just interesting to see that something that was started with good intent could it results in this and I guess on that note of um speaking about people inform informing themselves on like why what what may have influenced this why is this outrage why is this movement even happening why is Black Lives Matter so prominent right now why people try to draw attention to this um we I think we decided to like do a little bit some some of the different with this episode. So essentially, um, we're going to try to obviously have a confidence as much as we do, but we'll go through things in history that may have influenced or that have influenced the the situations that we're seeing today. Because I know we were telling people to educate themselves, but we might as well do our bit. And from our knowledge and what we've looked at, we're going to try to inform you in obviously like in a very relaxed manner about what's happening. So um, yeah, let's go. Uh, where would you, like, you like to start? I like how you said relaxed manner. I like that. <laughs> yeah, because it's a very from... serious topic. It's a very serious topic. You want to take in a light manner. We can start from anywhere, really. I feel like you should start from. What do you think? What do you want to start from? Um, if if I'm going to be very direct, I guess the the origins of um everything is. But we all, yeah, just I, um, we're going to start off with something that happened way way back in the past, roughly sixteen nineteen, and lasted mm. for hundreds of years. And I know it's not an easy topic, but um, yeah, we're going to start with slavery. Yeah. So obviously everyone, everyone knows, um, from what I've seen, it says that obviously slavery started around that year. Predominantly was practiced by the British Empire and um, was then obviously, which was also obviously everyone knows slavery was the, the trade of um, uh, like obviously people for cheap labor and predominantly uh, people from African descent where they were shipped from there countries to come to like work on plantations in um western countries like we all know that the core of it. i don't need to go into the deep core of it but we're gonna start from there because of essentially that was um the use of yeah like human beings for, for for labor for cheap and they were obviously enslaved in order to be able to carry out these um the, the functions that the, the the british empire needed at the time um and from there it obviously went to american um other predominantly Caucasians um like countries and what I would say with that that I feel like that was the genesis of um um obviously that, that was like, yeah like essentially I, if, if I'm going to be blunt with it that was genesis of like, like yeah the kind of the the way that the race the races will interact and that so to, this is like a um a, um I don't say it's a summary but that whole aspect of what was going on there, because I really don't want to go too too deep into like that times in, in history about slavery in particular, but to to understand that that lasted for centuries, and obviously loads of ideals were formed in that time and how people perceived people from they were coloured because that's how they were referred to in that time. People they were coloured kidding they didn't have necessarily the um, they didn't have any rights actually in that time because I'm not even jump, I was about to jump ahead and say they didn't have the same rights, but at that time they have no rights. So um, essentially, that time they were viewed that as less of a human being. 
um, yes. they were like caricatures of, of of themselves. So that kind of ideals was were even after slavery was in, in, abolished, um, that kind of ideals don't just fade overnight. And even even while it was um, trying to be abolished, there was actually people against it. And some of those people obviously yeah. kept the ideals till I mean long after it ended, and they would have passed the ideals to their um, their kids who will subsequently pass it to their their um, grandkids and it will go on to generations but it'll be it may be more um covert than over your face but those ideals will still, still be remnants of those ideals and i still feel like that trickles down through generations so for for us to understand that that was the norm for centuries we have to understand that there will still be remnants of it felt for centuries afterwards so that's just something that i want to propose of when you think about that part of history that happened um Oh yeah, so and I mean, you mentioned something about when it was even ended as well, and even before before the, before the end of slavery, they had like what they call it, the Confederate War, the Civil War yeah. in America between people that are pro-slavery and anti-slavery, and this and most people that were very most people that were pro-slavery were Democrats, and people that were anti-slavery were Republicans, which was also Lincoln as well, and the Republican Party was started to actually end slavery, and there was a four-year war. To end slavery in America, but even though the war was won by Republicans, the slavery was over. It's still, it's still a clause in the in the actual amendment that still says if a black person commits a crime, they can still kind of be put back into slavery, which is the thirteenth amendment in the actual amendment. Is that, is that what it's called? Amendment? Yeah, the amendment. Yeah. So the the amendment said, this is said like as a black person, if you commit a crime, there's a chance they can be back in jail. For living a big crime, it could be like just selling, doing any it's a small crime. You can be in jail, but you can be back in jail. And yeah. I feel like we're still seeing the effects of that now, where a lot of black people, uh, a lot of black men, uh, this is black people in general actually. A lot of black people are just committing little crimes. They 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 put them in jail and make them work for cheap labor. So we're still seeing, even though we say slavery is over, but it's still on an ongoing. In right now, just in this system, it's like a new formed, a transformed way of looking. Yes, at it. yes. So, so yeah. On that note, I'm just feel like we're still seeing that right now. Nothing. I feel like a lot has changed, but we still got a lot to go. There was something else that I saw, but I'm just trying to um, like fully check it. But I saw in terms of when slavery ended, obviously uh, they didn't understand that slavery was a bad thing. So when it fully ended, there was um, was there reparations? I think it's called reparations. For, where for black was, people? No, not for black people. There was rep- reparations paid, but instead of it being paid to the people that obviously were enslaved, it was paid to the slave owners. And mm-hmm. I can't get the exact amount, but um, Are you it serious? Was, yeah, there was it was a substantial amount. But the the more press, the more um shocking thing was of, so I think it was in the millions, and then in today's today's currency, it would be, it would be like in the billions. But essentially, those payments were. Were made to the, were given to the slave owners, and then obviously they pay them over generations. And it says as late as this is more to to British, um, to the UK, um, side of things. And they said as late as 2015, those payments were still being made from taxpayers' money to the descendants of the slave owners. So for people to say that <laughs> there's no effects, or like people, to, for no even to say, people to understand that the effects of, and the the remnants, the history of like that time was still like like existing like i guess in in, in a, like in the most subtle form 
into into the, like in the last couple of years it was still existing like there was still remnants of that still existing like if imagine the effects that it caused and the fact that those people that did that were still being paid as late as 2015 and this is like i said in the uk I don't, i'm not talk, talking for the us so we don't understand how late their reparations were being paid to the slave owners but yeah it's just another part of history that may be um have been hidden another thing that that happened but um yeah I, I don't understand how they would pay the slave owners but then oh so it was because of essentially it was it was looked at as a business if you were a slave owner you you had a business and the the people that you enslaved were essentially like your stock so there was even um parts of history that said um the quoted said um so once the slaves were put on the um what's called on the 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 boats or where the the, the ships that took them from their um countries if any of them like died or happened to like fall ill or any of those sorts they would actually just throw them aboard because it was looked at as a loss yeah. to the yeah. slavery so it's, it's literally like a, a profit loss kind of um it's just like they, they're looking at at people like the, the, these people they want to come as, as human beings looking at them as like yeah just like livestock. Livestock, livestock so it was all looked at as a business so i guess with that kind of thinking they were like if anything um did happen to them they were just yeah just referred to as um yeah, stock essentially. So it's just like they would pay them because they lost their the ability to function as a, as a business. So they they pay them. Um, it's never. It's kind of um, yeah. To even to even understand that and to think that was um, the reality back then is 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 shocking. But there's something that we can't shy away from that 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 did happen in history. So uh, yeah, it's crazy though. Our Britain, everyone forgets Britain took part in slave trade as well. That's hilarious. It's not funny, but it's just yeah. But on that topic as well, I'm just trying to. I'm just. I've heard of. I've heard of Seneca Village. No, was was that? So, about? so Seneca Village was around in the 19th century. So Seneca Village was what? Seneca Village is what Central Park is now. So before there was Central Park, there was Seneca Village, and so Seneca Village was the part where a lot of black people lived together. So it's a little part in New York, and it was around the 19th century, and a lot of black people lived in that area, and that it was that area was. So they moved all the black people out of that area to create to create Central Park. But back then, because it was Seneca Village, we had our own market, our own black environment. And a lot of these black people actually worked in the working class. They had a job. And they were living a good life until the government came through, threw them out of Seneca Village, and created Central Park. And that's just another another L in the history of Central people. Park. Was, so that's, that's literally what, what, like what we see today. We refer to as Central Park was previously referred to as under that name yes nico village yes which is like I black see i didn't even know that this is like there's all these like hidden moments of history or just like covered over um yeah and another another thing similar to that is um that I discovered was a um, what's it called something that was referred to as the the black wall street mm. so I'm, I'm trying to double check where the black wall street was in america um Wait, just give me a sec. I think um, I'm trying to see where it was. Also, it was Tulsa in Oklahoma. That's where the black. That's that's so there was a there was a a part of Tulsa in Oklahoma um that was deemed as Black Wall Street due to it having um a lot of businesses that were black owned because uh in this time of history, which was 1921, um I think there was still a part of the history where there was a lot of segregation. I'm not sure if it was. The time of Jim Crow. I don't want to say that because I double check that, but um, yeah, I do believe it was a time issue where segregation was still prevalent. So, um, in the same town, um, people of color weren't allowed to 
go to the same like bars, go shop at the same shop, can even go to the same schools, libraries, just just little things like that, can even drink from the same fountain. So essentially what um these people did was yeah, create their own create their own um part of that of that town where they, they benefited um people of colour. And I'm I'm just gonna quote this. So it said over the span of thirteen years with um, not many resources, um they managed to build six hundred businesses 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, two movie theaters, six um, private air, airplanes, um, mm. hospital, a bank, a post office, law offices, and a bus mm. system. So this part of um, Tulsa was quite rich. Um, and um, yeah, it, it was just something that we, we knew in history. So in order, the reason why it wasn't really spoken about, why we don't know about it, is because of um it, it was burnt down so there was yeah. um some sort of riot uh which was referred to as a race riot back then that led to um it being burnt down and the way it occurred is so is actually from from what it led to it was such a my like a very simple like um what's it called i, do, I didn't have to, to word it because it, it wasn't something major that led to this so people were saying if this if this situation had happened, something else would have would have um, resulted in it because of that time in history, it was a lot of tension, anyways. But essentially, um, there was um uh it was a young man. I'm trying to find his name right now. That, so you um, think you were just sorry, go on. No, can you say something? Because I'm trying to find the name of the guy. No, cause I want to quote. Okay, so you feel like they actually were looking for an excuse to burn the place down, right? Is that what you mean? Yes, because of actually something I forgot. Prior to that year, 1921, there the the cake, the Ku Klux Klan were quite prevalent in that scene. There was previous race riots before this, so that kind of tension already existed. And like I said, even though these people were freed from slavery and allowed to like own their own businesses, and it's crazy because this is actually in the nineties, not nineties, in the nineteenth century. So um, they were free; they were freed men. But then the effects of the way they were being treated in years and the way people perceived people of color didn't just go away overnight. There was still a lot of uh, white supremacy. Um, what's it called? Uh, like organizations that would still like still against having this kind of balance in society. They just wanted it to be one way. So yeah. that, that's why people were saying if this didn't happen, there was already tensions in in like in the in the in the society at that time. So something else would have sparked people to uh, outrage. Uh, so I can't exactly find the name of the guy, but. Um, from what I read previously, that it was a, a black male that um, went to the part of town where I did, where I said previously, where people weren't allowed to um, use the same facilities that, pe- that yeah. people, non-people of color were allowed to use. But um, essentially, he worked in one of the, he, he worked in that area, and he went to another an, a building which was the only building that had uh, a toilet that people of color could use, and the toilet was on the was on the top floor. So he got into the lift and there was a lift operator, um, which was a, a, a white woman. And he got into the lift and no one knew what happened in the lift. All we know is that when he came out, um, he ran away and she screamed. And from that, rumors spread that um, he attacked her and abused her, even, even though once he was... So shortly after that, he was a, there was rumors spread and he was arrested. And... When he was arrested, they they spoke to the woman. She didn't find any charges because, from her point, from her perspective, I don't think anything severe actually occurred. We don't, we still don't know why she screamed though. Maybe people said maybe he fell on her, 
and because obviously they were like there wasn't a mix of of people of color not people of color it was probably like a weird event for her but like all we know is there was no charges being brought against him um but as a result of this something spread during the town to say that she was attacked and at the at the the courthouse where he was held um an angry mob of um predominantly white people actually just just white people gathered because they heard this in in the town because the town was predominantly caucasian and this side and they were they wanted to um do, do something about it even though there was no allegations being led i mean being led against him so from that the people of color in that the black horse tree heard this and they said you know we had enough so they armed themselves they were they were they weren't many by the way there was like hundreds of of white people at the courtyard but these people of color um came to the came to the, the courthouse to defend them and they said um the police officers that were looking after the guy or like were, were holding the guy just reassured them that nothing was happening don't worry about it. like nothing would happen and then what what happened is as one of the people of color were walking away um obviously they were armed the the angry mob um basically kind of uh what's it called they had a little like altercation with one of the um the people of color from wall street and then somehow okay. this just sparked off and led into them just essentially just burning down the whole of the wall street it, there's so many more details to go into but i'm just trying to summarize it but um yeah so from that that just led to them burning the burning the whole wall street from a little altercation so people that's what i'm trying to say is it, it's hard to understand how that little altercation between the guy the 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 guy and the girl on the lift which resulted in nothing led to them burning down a whole rich part of the town which was done for colored people until to and after that none of the people that burnt um down the whole of wall street and actually killed a lot of um people of color as well they, on, on average they said there was a 300 but we'll never know the numbers because a lot of bodies were just not found and not recovered because after it, it was actually covered up and kind of almost hidden from history and even while they were writing and burning down Black Wall Street, the the police were actually gave actually gave the um, the authority for for the the white people that were writing to actually detain people of color. So it took a lot of the black males out of it. So then that part of the town was just left defenseless. But it's just interesting how a lot of people weren't held accountable for that. So nothing really happened. And then it was kind of just left in the history. And then even after that, when it was taken to court. They um, kind of said the people of color brought it upon themselves. So yeah, nothing re- re- resulted from that. I, I'm very, I'm kind of paraphrasing the whole event and shortening it, but it'll be good for you to research and look into it deeper because a lot, like, it's more intricate than what I've just said. But I've tried to explain that the cause and the actions, like what led to that being burnt down, and then also afterwards why there was no like kind of justice for it and nothing happened because um, after they burnt it down, a lot of people were just left homeless and they lost everything they built. They built even though they're already been um, almost like discriminated against in that society at that time as a whole. So that's just interesting. I'm speechless, honestly. Um, <laughs> even that documentary, I'm still like, wow. Yeah, there's a, there's a documentary about it as well. I, I'm trying, I feel like what I just said sounded like a documentary. I was like, no. Exactly does. <laughs> I'm like, I was trying to tell a story. I was, I was trying to tell a story, but I was like, so you know, it's hard to tell a story once you know a lot of details but you, you need to summarize it because obviously you can't say like eight a b c like i can't say everything that happened but I'm, I'm, i was trying to yeah. explain it in a way to show this 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 happened and then led to this without saying too much so yeah it's just it's um there's just there's just so much happened in history and we're, we're just getting started as well so yeah um what, what are you leading to next 
I'm looking from so my stuff is never. I'm not even looking at American history. I'm looking at uh, black people in history in general because I'm yeah. trying to. I'm trying to empower people right now. I'm trying, I'm trying to tell them about you know what, into, like a black history isn't no black history isn't slavery history. That's white history. So I'm coming yeah. from the history before even slavery started. Just black people in general. So I'm gonna start with someone called Mansa Musa. I don't know if Mansa Musa is. No. So Wait, Mansa. I might have. What? I would mix it up with. The, okay, I was gonna say something else. Sorry. Yeah. You said Mansa. Musa. <laughs> yeah. so I like it. I love his songs, man. But I don't think he was making hits back in the 18th century, though. Remember <laughs> the plantation, you know. <laughs> but yeah. So Mansa Musa was the tenth Mansa of Mali in the Mali Empire. So Mali Empire is an Islamic Western African African state. So Masa Musa has been described as the probably the richest man in the world. So Masa Musa fortune was estimated as on say one billion back then. So I don't know where it's gonna be it's gonna be now. So it's probably gonna be a lot more, maybe the trillions right now. So Mansa was just a was an, it was an like an, a king, like an emperor that was just traveling around Africa, giving everything giving everyone wealth. And I'm just going to say, which I'm coming from, I'm coming from is just looking at looking at people like Master Musa tells you a lot about how rich African history is, not based on what we've seen on TV or what is portrayed to us through social media or media in general. Because we have a person that's just like Master Musa that's just basically traveling around Africa, sharing sharing wealth with everyone. But at the same time, it wasn't a perfect man. It was still in a weird way. He was colonizing other countries as well in the same past. So it wasn't there was an emperor and it was. Joyce civilization as white people. But Massa was doing the same thing, but was doing it in a very positive way of sharing his wealth with other African countries. So I feel like people are just people looking into African history, they can see the benefits and the the iconic things black people have done in the past. And just looking at black history so apart from Mansa Musa, also uh, the actual first no coffee, who coffee, right? Coffee, coffee was actually yeah, coffee was actually discovered in Ethiopia. Back in the day, so coffee came from Africa as well. A lot of things did come from Africa, apart from slavery. So, yeah, coffee was discovered in Africa. Oh, yeah. in, in Ethiopia. What? I didn't know um, coffee came from Africa. Yeah, 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 coffee came from Africa in Ethiopia. It was discovered by actually a tribe that called the Oromo Oromo people in Ethiopia, and actually discovered the energizing effects of coffee, and that's why coffee became more used today. And even just astronomy as well, astronomy, maps, they all came from Africa. Like before, in the, like before this country, before the Western world, they discovered the draft star. They actually discovered the actual Western world discovered the draft star in the 20th century. Actually, African people discovered it a long time before that, and it was discovered by people by the the what's the name it was discovered by the Dogon people in in something in Mali, and they were they were very big into astronomy and actually discovered even just spoke about we talk about Gemini's. Different stars and what's it called? When they, is it called? What's the word for it? When you look at stars and they form different shapes. Yeah, stuff like yeah, stuff like that. It's not called star science or something else. Astrology. Yeah, astrology. Yeah, but when you look at the stars, you can form the shapes. I can't remember what what I'm looking for is. Yeah, something these people actually discovered it because they spent a lot of their time looking at stars and studying the stars. And this was probably in the Western country discovered it. So I said, I'm trying to come from a place of empowering black people, trying to inspire black people. So just looking to black yeah. history, you can see where black people, a lot, of, a lot of white history 
a lot of black people discovered a lot of things later, like even just astronomy, health, math, science was all discovered by a lot of it was, was discovered first by black people. So, yeah. so I like that. So in all of this, we're not trying to take away from the achievements of um, like any like anyone in general. We're just stating that um, due to it being said, history is written by the winners. There's a lot of stuff that is um, not not like I guess there's there's not been given almost no attention or even not uh, much acknowledgement in a lot of part of history. So we we're unaware of this, which is why sometimes we view some um some people's history or achievements from as uh like almost like a reduced or squished lens because we don't actually understand what uh, what what their contribution has been to history. So I guess in all this time and us doing this is to kind of just give power to that. So yeah, just like you said, there is achievement from um like white history as well. And then just in general, like there's other parts of history that people have given to, but we're just trying to empower and educate at the same time, which is the, the yes. benefit of this. Um and so I'm gonna go back into informing something that's not so positive not necessarily so positive, but like this was about education. So yeah. um something else that I was looking at which was the um, eugenics movement, which was um, not only like a British thing, but also an American thing. And I'm just going to um, explain what the eugenics movement was. So basically, the eugenics movement um, was aimed at improving the genetic composition of the human race. Um, historically, eugenic eugenicists um, advocated selective breeding to achieve this goal. So that was the... Um, some of that happened in history that we've that was kind of just like hidden but essentially just to kind of summarize what the whole movement stood for it was um kind of it's almost like a, almost like a darwin kind of theory to look at the human race to say okay certain people it encouraged that certain people shouldn't breed which was the the damaging part of it and there was actually a lot of um kind of not yeah, like not hate, but kind of discrimination to people of color and beyond that, even people that were deemed as not to benefit the human race, um, like people with disabilities and um, other forms of um, like anything, any issues with their health. It was viewed as they were strain of society. So that's what this eugenics movement kind of stood for. Um, and out of that, they kind of developed um, like almost like a promotion for saying um, whiteness was something that was aspired to have. And blackness was con- blackness was considered as a contamination, and at this time, um, I believe it was around 1912, the eugenics movement was actually quite big, and they did get a lot of supports from quite prominent people at the time, like John um, John Maynard Keynes, Keys and Bernard Shaw, and they even got as far as them trying to pass a bill into Parliament in 1931 to kind of further this cause, and it was heavily funded, so. Um, without going into too much, you can literally just Google it. It's called the eugenics movement. Um, it kind of permeated through society at that time. It was something that a lot of people was like, it, it gained a lot of traction, basically. And I think it was even as late as in the, the 1980s, there were still remnants of it. Um, and then I think it was di- um, kind of dissipated at that time. Like it kind of wasn't a thing anymore. Um, but there's arguments being said due to that movement's prom- prominence there's still aspects of discrimination beyond just people of colour, just like even discrimination in history from that movement because it was something that people that were quite educated believed in and wanted to push. And they did push. They even um, did studies on it. And it was it was something that was quite prevalent at the time. 
but um that's just something that I, I want to give the kind of um another perspective on to see how that may have influenced parts of history and how we view certain things today even though we're very progressive the, the reason why we were even hit that why we were held back was due to things like this another another thing for us to um, think about yeah sorry before you before you move on it's, it's that's just like selective breeding that's what they, that's what, that's what they do to dogs right yes exactly, exactly yeah man i didn't even know that's crazy in the nineties, that was something that was tried to be practiced with the with the with the human race, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's one of those things that I, I um, it's it's just a part of history. But we just sometimes we just don't know, or the way that it was looked at was just it was just hidden and just robbed away from history. Like we just it was never addressed. But that was something that was quite prevalent in society, like in society at that time. And yeah, and it was it wasn't for the it was for the wasn't for the benefit of of a lot of people to be honest, because it was a selective amount of people that believed this, and then they somehow gained a lot of following and funding, and a lot, of, like I said, even prominent people supported this, and it was predominantly in, in Britain and America as well. So yeah, um, that's just a, a, like like another another part of history. No, you know, there was an there was an human zoo in history as well, where they had like an human zoos where they had black people in zoos, and people can come and just look at them. And there was a human zoo in, there's an human zoo exhibition in Brussels that was dated to 1958. So like it's just a lot of black people in a zoo and white people come in. They pay to come and just look at them and just play with them, like they play with animals. It was so twisted back then. You look into, yeah, yeah. Brussels, yeah, human zoo. I think that one in the UK, I'm not sure that one in the UK, but no human zoo was a big thing back then. And just look at people, especially black women, for their physical assets. Like they're bummer stuff and like, oh my god, basically everything they saw was just like, oh my god, they look different. They have this, they have that. And so then that's like an exotic something which is, which is very unhuman of looking at other humans. But yeah, that's another. And the reason why we, why, why I even uh, mention this kind of thing is so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it back to the stuff I said in my last point. Things like this that um, were quite prominent in history have lost long and negative effects. And just because they're not as prominent as they was back then doesn't mean they're not covert because these things get passed down. That's something that I'm going to keep reiterating for us to understand why we are here today and why this, some of these things have surfaced again. So, yeah, I'm just going to say that. Even that note as well, actually, even that I'm always trying to like, inspire people as well. I'm moving, I, saw the, I saw something on Twitter the other day and I was, it was very liquid. No, they felt like we all used to wash our dishes and stuff. Yeah, I saw one of the adverts back in the day, and you know, like fairy liquid. The actual icon is a baby, like a white baby, right? And back then, yeah. they, had, they, had an, they did an advert of the white baby, which is the icon, washing a black baby with their soap and turning the black baby white. And like a lot of companies do, we kind of use now. We're very awful. That of the marketing we're targeted towards white people. At the same time, discriminating against black people in their adverts. I'm just used to, I'm just to look with, do research to what they use to their products to use on a daily basis. But on the lighter topic, not, we're not done yet. Just something. Yeah, just I want, I want to just add to that about the stuff you said about adverts. So what was yeah. what you, do you happen to know what year that was or like was that? Was that, no, was that, was a, that was a that was a very long time ago. It was around I think it was around the same, in the I think it was the nineteenth century as well. Actually, yeah, 19th century, yes. So, as recent as I think it was 
actually in the last couple of years, I'm trying to find the exact year, there's still adverts that follow that kind of, um, what's it called, theme of, yeah. of, of getting someone um, with dark skin and then turning them white. I think it's more prevalent in, I think it was China that there was an advert where oh yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah sure. skin white and cream. I'm trying to find out what year. I think is it two thousand. Wait, wait, looking for this. Apart from that skin white one, that's another like what about? I think it was about what? Yeah, something washing liquid, but with like a detergent, and then the guy put something. I think he put a black person in the wash, and the black person came yeah, out. That's, yeah, that's, that's the advert. Yeah, two thousand and sixteen. I found it. Yeah, it was oh, an advert. Wow. Four years ago. It was a Chinese laundry detergent advert, um, which caused outrage. Yeah, so essentially, there's a woman that um, she put like the detergent or some sort of cream on the guy on a a, a black man's face, put him mm-hmm. in the laundry. Put, she literally put his head in the laundry, uh, took his head out, and he was a, a, a what's it called a, a, a white Chinese guy. And they, it was this was as far as 2016. Obviously, I don't know why they even agreed to do this. But yeah, just, so I'm just saying like another thing. We're talking about something that happened centuries ago. That was used in the media. There was still, there's still being used that that kind of similar kind of ideal or ways to present um, things are being used as far as as late as a recent as recent as 2016. So yeah, can history I, does. Question though. Yeah. Why do like even in this advert about the black guy that was in that was featured in that advert? Why do you think some black people do go for this? Is it because of the money, or do you think they just they it must an opportunity? Must to do with money, and I guess in that in wherever industry, wherever he's trying to do like actors, I mean, he may not have had many opportunities. And although this is to his detriment, which I really don't agree with, he probably t- looked this as a saw this as a chance to like at least get some work in that in wherever he was. Even even though like like I said the last the, the effects of this is not it's not helping it's not for his it's not it's not for his benefit in any way and maybe he wasn't fully informed on the plan of the advert maybe he just got maybe. filmed I don't know this but yeah just I don't I wouldn't understand why you would sign up to that kind of thing there was also another advert this was actually kind of worse I don't know um wait Thailand it was a Thailand advert um and also it was about like a uh, skin cream as well and it just basically insinuated that, um, so there was a, there was the way it depicted was um, a model, mm-hmm. um, and to it like with cream as well. And when she didn't use the cream, her skin got darker and she was less desirable. And then when she started using cream, her skin got lighter and she was more desirable. Essentially, that's that's just a, just to summarize it. And that was also like in the last in the in the recent years around 2016. So it's just. Mm-hmm. You know what is so triggering, right? Imagine kids growing up with black skin and seeing those adverts. And you know what? I don't you do the advert just said like being black and being less desirable by and being less desired by other people. Imagine a kid yeah. seeing that, saying like, "Oh, we're going to look, we're going to be lighter, so I can be desired by maybe female or males." I feel like that subconsciously, subconsciously, that does a lot. That 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 does a lot of damage to. Even some adults as well. That's why some adults use bleaches, bleaches cream to bleach their skin. And that's yeah. such another conversation as well. Right. And it's from what they say on media. And I don't know where I heard this from, but um, I think I was listening to like a podcast or, or watching um, a little short documentary on like this matter. And someone spoke about um, their daughter asking their mum, um, when, when will I become white? And... Mm-hmm. 
good person. She's like, when we come, because she, so she was, it was a black kid asking the mum, when we come white. And mum asked, why would you say that? It's because I, and the daughter said, because I'm a good person. And everything I see, every person I see on media mm-hmm. is a good person. So he said, I know I'm a good person. So I'm, I'm hoping when I grow up, I'll become white. Because she never, all she saw was portrayal of dark skinned people in, as villains or in bad positions as, as a joke. There was never an image of a, like from what she, what she's consumed in media at this time. Um, she never saw someone in dark skin shown in a good light. So she actually asked me when I become white because she associated being white or having fair skin with being a good person, which she deemed herself was. So it just shows you as people, even as a kid, that gets you. And what I want to bounce on that note is this is why I don't necessarily always blame, like not necessarily always blame people when they show some sort of ignorance. So if I can understand that um, a kid has seen that and it's, it's informing them and it's obviously it's obviously not good for that kid's development to not see the beauty in their own selves. People that have this uh, this also uh, this people that are um aren't aren't um there's a black or person of color that that have this kind of ideals of people of color being a certain way they also have been influenced by what they see growing up and their and their portrayal of 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 people of color in the media and around them or what their parents might have told them or the environment so sometimes mm. I do understand and try to show patience when I do see ignorance and and I've had experiences myself, like when I've traveled, like I've, I've spoken about my um, trips to China um, a few times, like um, that's why I've experienced it so prevalent. Um, and also, I, I've, I, I even forgot to mention, like um, the, 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 when we talk about the subject of skin, I've been, there's been, there's twice where I've traveled and I've, I've, had, I've literally been stopped. And from reviewing the, the, my surroundings and seeing why I was stopped and even even to understand why we stopped that I, I, it, it, there, was, there was no way to, to understand it rather than I was a person of color in that situation. So um, the the first time I was stopped is when um, actually is when I was coming back from America. Um, actually, this was this was the first time. This is what I can remember. This is these were both last year. So I was coming back from America, and in the queue, um, we were just all just waiting. And out of nowhere, I just see the security come and try to push me to the side and to ask me to show me his passport. And he was looking at a screen. And I was like, I was like, I was so confused because I was with. I was with my like friends and we all just traveled. I think we were coming back from, I don't know where, I think, I think it was New Orleans. We were coming back from America and, um, and I kind of questioned why, why was I stopped and I, I didn't really understand it. He didn't give me any questions, just like, can I see your passport? I just kept looking at me and I was like, hold up, there's, there's loads of people here. And to even, to explain this, I was in the queue to get my passport checked before the plane. So my passport was going to be checked anyways. But for some reason, they put me to the side to check my passport and I was, there was another person in the queue was a bit fit, which is well, black, but it was a bit more fair skin. I was the only person of like color in that scenario. So I, I didn't, I didn't, I just kind of just shrugged the shoulder and let that go. And the second time was when I was coming back from Florence um, in like last year as well, like um, 2019. And I was, it's always interesting because I'm always about to leave the country when this happens. <laughs> it's like, and the thing is, I'm a, I'm a British citizen. I'm trying to go back to where I come from, but I've been almost stopped twice. It, it does It almost doesn't make any sense. Um, but in those moments, you're reminded that you are different. So to, to explain the second time, um, I was um, coming back from Florence and I was going to get my passport checked as, again to board a plane. And everyone, a lot of people went in front of me. There's a lot of people behind me. And for some reason, this guy pulled me to the side again, like another wow. guy in Florence to, to question me. Um, questions like, uh, where are you going? Where you where are you coming from? Where What's the purpose of your travel? I was like... I live, I, I was like, I'm going to where I live. I'm, I, I live in, in London. I'm going, home. Yeah, I'm going home. And I was like, so why are you questioning me? And then, so he kept asking my question. I had to stop him. I was like, excuse me, why are you stopping me? And not stopping any, he didn't stop anyone bef- before yes. me. He didn't stop after me. 
And then for some reason, he just choked and he stopped. And I just, and I just walked away. I was like, and he didn't say anything because he knew there was no other reason for him to stop me. Because I, I didn't, I wasn't doing suspicious. I was just walking, <laughs> like just walking as anyone else. Like I literally, there was no other reason. I didn't have a lot of bags on me. I didn't have nothing. I really, at this point, I already had my, I already, I've already been through security. I already gave him my yeah. luggage. So there was almost like no reason to to stop me, to stop me then. I, I did, I really didn't understand it. And it was que- just asking so many questions till I questioned him on why am I, why am I being asked these questions when I'm going home? And then he literally just choked in his, on his, in his words. He couldn't say anything. And I just walked away. So instances like that, you, you just keep getting reminded that you're, you're treated differently. And there's many instances that I've experienced growing up. But I'm just, she was just showing me that there's instances in today's age that people are being treated differently due to the color of their skin. Um, you, yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry to, even on that note, just racism in general, have you ever experienced racism in the UK? Because I love this time it's come back into the UK. But growing up, I've been have you experienced anything in the UK in terms of racism. Yeah, mainly growing up. I've, I've, so this is actually kind of, it's bad and good. I've realized as, as you grow up, you try to just not excuse it, but you try to, um, you, you just, just shrug it off. Cause it just, it, sometimes it happens a lot or it just happens or you're like, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen for the longest time till something is so, cause in the UK, we're, we're quite, um, it's quite covert. The reason the UK is not like America where people just be blatant with it. In the UK, yeah, it's quite passive, aggressive. It's quite covert. It's like someone ignoring you or not serving you first or like doing things. Obviously, like I said, in the UK, we are generally not not regarded as rude as anyways. But that UK is not um, we're not the most friend. Like some in some parts of the UK, they're not. It's not the most friendly. So that's that's another part of the UK culture. But then sometimes it's mixed in with some sort of um, um, deep bias that is that is inherent bias that we don't really re- realize. And that's this is why I say I do understand sometimes with like try to not sympathize we're trying to understand why people do have these opinions like which, which they it may be some unconscious bias for them growing up and i said what they've seen on the media and their upbringing and what their parents ideals are from things that happened in history that may have been passed down to their parents um such as jim crow um all this like um the minstrel show that was on tv that had people in blackface that's what their parents loved they can't they don't see an issue with that just just little things like that that may have happened in history that their parents have lived through so and they that's been passed down to them um the 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 only, the only cases i can remember that were quite bad is mainly just growing up in the uk like being in secondary school and primary school and just being treated differently obviously be, be called n-word that, i guess that's a given and i think one of the worst cases is when i was coming up coming home from um what's it called uh secondary school I think it was like year seven or eight and this happened routinely as well but the two major ones I can remember is um just literally getting off the bus and walking home and someone literally just throw in I think they feel like a, a kind of like this is where I actually know this but it was Vimto <laughs> they actually and I love Vimto yeah. that it. but um yeah they literally just threw Vimto because I saw the can afterwards and obviously I was again I was literally going home so this was in my area so I just and mm. the thing is you can't do anything I just I, I look back because it was a bunch of um Right, guys. Like, I can't do it. I just, I just walked up, and like, so it just gets on, on a daily basis. And the se- the second time was another time that they, uh, I was abusers being shouted uh, shouted at me. And like I said, this was year seven. I don't remember how old I was there. Like, it's that il- what age? Uh, is it, what age is that? Eleven or ten? Well, year seven or year seven or year twelve? Year seven or year eight? Year seven. It happened. It happened around that time. Year seven, eight. How old? You were probably eleven. You were eleven. Um. So yeah, like eleven. So. I had to wake up to what racism was and to know that I was different. And so th- that time I was being, abuse has been shouting at me and then I looked back and they had dogs in them. So I just left it. Because that time I was a bit more enraged because like I said, this happened on a daily basis. Literally get off, go to, get off um, 
the bus, you're going home and you're being attacked um, in your neighborhood. And besides that, there was also issues of um, being treated differently at school anyway. So you, 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 from, the, from the morning you wake up, you go to school, you're being treated a bit differently due to how you look. There's a lot of like stereotypes being enforced. And like I said, well, mm-hmm. a lot of these kids were the same age as me. They didn't know any better. So this is where I'm not excusing them. I'm just trying to understand that as they get older, they may be, they may be more educated and realize that this is wrong. Mm. But then that's what that's what they knew, and that was their reality. So yeah, like I've I've grown up with issue, um, situations like that. What about you? I mean, for me, I remember my first few weeks here because I moved I moved there when I was twelve. I remember I was I was going to school with my little sister, and this guy was shot. I think this guy shot the N word out of his car. I think yeah, he did. It was in the morning. I remember it was like seven thirty in the morning or eight in the morning. We went to school, and this guy was driving yeah. past and just shouted the N word. Well, because me, I'm fresh from Nigeria. I didn't know where the end word was. It's just like, ah, uh, I've kept it moving. And I remember, I remember going to school. And I always said, they always said the end word. I'm thinking, what's the end word? And I was looking, when they say the end word, they look at me. And I'm like, what are you guys looking at? Is it, is it night? Is it end word night? I don't know what that is. So I remember as I moved on, I think my first, my second week in school, someone was picking on me. And I was like, why is he picking on me for? And I wasn't picking on anyone else, but was just picking on me. And looking back, I know what's racism. But I, I was just getting into a lot of fights. I was just fighting everyone. I mean, if you picked on me, yeah. if you touched me anyway, I was just, you said, let's get this fight. So looking back, I have experienced racism. But I, just, I didn't know it was me, it was racism. But now looking back and fully understanding what racism is, yeah, I've definitely experienced it from a very young age. And even though I always think the kids don't know any better, I've seen, I mean, I follow a lot of these kids now on Facebook. I mean, I mean they're not, they not adults, but I follow them on Facebook. And yeah. They haven't changed. They're still the same people. So we can't, I used to think maybe it's just the upbringing, their parents. But a lot of these kids now, they're full on adults and they're still the same people. They haven't really changed. So uh, it's a very difficult one. Is it, they, is it the environment now? Still environments, because like I said, some of the people may have not gone outside of their, where they grew up. So they didn't, they haven't seen the world all mixed with people of color to understand just understand that they're human too to an extent. I don't have to explain it. Just not understand that whether like because and on a human level we all have stereotypes. We all have a um, little bit of prejudice that we yeah. that we think is people. But then there's a difference between having and educating yourself and changing and then not educating yourself and changing and then using that to judge people or demean people just because they look different to you. There's there's, wow. there's, a, there's a big difference between that and that's what is generally seen where you you're so strong you're so sure about your prejudice and understanding of people. That you, you you just can't see any you can't see otherwise. Um, oh, even on that note, before you sorry, before you move up, even on that note, as well, I feel like for a lot of white people that that always that always that stuck in that community. Let's talk. I mean, in that community, they haven't mixed or diverse or turned to a black person and just anyone outside of the community in general. I feel like I blame the media for what they see of what they think black people are because if we watch BBC now, like the adverts from BBC are always are always about poor black people in Africa. And right now, the media is just is portraying black people as being destructive based on this, of this protest. But a lot of the actual destructions are being done by white people, not black people. So I feel like sometimes you can't. I, bl- I mean, I don't blame anyone, but the media for it, for the way they've, they've portrayed black people in general. So I blame media, movies, for the way black people have always been portrayed for people that outside the black community. Yeah, that, that's true. And like I said, even with this protest right now, there's, there's actually. This is why sometimes it's good to look beyond the news because the news will only show you a, a clip of something that's happening or sometimes even worse, they'll show you things to fit like a narrative or agenda they're trying to push. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, it's always good to look on Twitter. And just on that note of the news, so I was speaking to someone and she was talking mm-hmm. about um, um, a situation that happened um, that was shown on the news. And she was talking about how she spoke to her, her uh, nana by like her grandma. So you can imagine that's like two generations before her. Um, and she was just saying how she, what she saw on the news, she took it as like gospel. Like that was facts to her. Mm-hmm. She didn't she didn't question anything. She didn't, she didn't look beyond. Because obviously in our generation, yeah, she, they don't really use social media or other forms like we, we how we would. So obviously her her perception on what's going on right now is skewed by what the media wants to show. So yeah, she just said it was kind of shocking to her that she tried to explain to her grandma that this is there's more to this, there's more to what they're showing, but she could not see that because of she said it wasn't on the news. Actually, mm. it wasn't on the news, it wasn't shown on this square box that she didn't she didn't she couldn't understand how there was more to, more than this. So it's just interesting to see to to hear that perspective on things and mm-hmm. how like that you could be living in a bubble. Um yeah like is that, is that is that the reality that they know? Yeah, I feel like yeah. I, but that's that's the media's fault, right? That's where the media portrayed black people for the longest time. And I feel like, but is, but is it up to white people to always indicate themselves? Is it up to us to indicate them? Do you know what I mean? Both, but I would, I would put it more on the people that, who may, who probably aren't oppressed and may not have necessarily realised it. Because it's, pro- it's probably better than you do your own research and anyone tells you it. I mean, people that are going through it can inform you. But if you um, educate yourself on it, you'll feel... I think like it will sink in better because you've actually done the work to educate yourself and you can discover it. And then after you've done that, you can, um, f- from your findings, like ask your friends or people of colour that you do know to just like, if they do understand it or if they've experienced it, um, yes. maybe just, like, yeah, have a conversation with them about it. But I, I strongly believe in educating yourself first and go into, and it's so easy these days. We can, it's just a Google search to find a lot of things. Even like we talk, we're talking about things in history that have been hidden. You can yes. literally find more information on that and educate yourself like with a, with a quick google search even on that note of even just indicating ourselves and people indicating themselves in general um, i want to touch upon something just about not just black i mean on black history in general not just people thought this is before slavery um, i'm not going to really go into i'm just going to touch up on some points maybe you should look maybe you should look into something called the so give me a moment. It's so it's still with maps. So I, yeah. I was doing my research, and actually the first actual maps actually came up Africa, and there was something called the Ishango bone, which was which was discovered in the 1800s. So this was, this is before even Christ, and the Ishango bone was the very first, it was the earliest, earliest discovery of what maps is. So this bone is currently, I think this bone is currently in a museum in Germany. I was just looking to it's called. It's called Ishango, Ishango, Ishango bone. So it's basically yeah. this bone, it's two bones, and it has like little scriptures on them. And these scriptures, when you actually broke it down, it's a very complex maps. And this was discovered in, I think it was discovered in, was discovered in Congo, actually. So the earliest trace of maps actually came up, it came up Africa, just people just feel empowered. And in history, who, what, who, was, who was it that they... That may have been that they portrayed it as and who discovered maps. I'm just gonna check that. I believe it's something from the someone from the West actually. Let me see who discovered. Cause I, that, I just find that interesting, like because obviously you said that that's like the, the depths of stuff that we've yeah. that we've researched. Oh my days! It says um, beginning in the sixth century BC with Pythagoreans, the ancient Greeks began to study into maths <laughs> around. It says 300 BC though. 
and then and what I can see the pictures of yeah of different so it's like so this, that's that's the the, the talking about the difference of what um is regarded as like the, the as um what happened in history to regards to or like even like I said they may have may have popularized it or or coined it to an extent but then history doesn't necessarily or the history books or wherever we get our, um on sound of history from doesn't really outline the true find the true um occurrence of how these things happen so that's mm-hmm. always good to educate yourself and yeah like i said if we if if all of this stuff that we're even talking about right now was quite apparent in history maybe things would be viewed differently because you understand people's contributions instead of looking yes. at some things less than it is or piece on people less than they are Exactly. I feel, um, I feel like it's not, it's not just for black people. I feel like we have to be connected to this history as well and feeling, no. I mean, I mean, they, they even, they even discovered the earliest computer was discovered in Egypt. It wasn't like a, it wasn't an actual computer, but the actual thing was, it was like a computer. And this was discovered in Egypt way before what we have now as computer. So, a lot of things did come out of Africa. Quite a lot of things. You were just looking at have you, you know about the Stone Age and the Bronze Age and the and the what do you call it? There's, there was there was the Stone Age, there was the Bronze Age, and there was the Iron Age. Was it Iron Age or Steel Age? Just give me a second. Yeah, so it was called the Iron Age. So we had the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, and the Iron Age. So a lot of countries, a lot of Western countries, went from the actual Bronze from the Stone Age into the Bronze Age, but Africa went from the Stone Age into the Iron Age. Iron Age is basically just learning to cast irons into different equipments like swords, it's just into iron materials. So this was discovered. The Iron Age was just was around, I mean, up just fifteen. It's around around fifteen hundred BC, around two thousand BC. This was an Iron Age was discovered in Africa since ten centuries before it was discovered in the Western in the Western world. It's have a documentary though, like a black documentary into black history. Because it's there. Which is about like, understanding it fully. Um, so I'm going to switch it again to something else that is a bit um, uh, a bit more like mellow. Not as inspiring uh, as, as as what you've just um, showed, uh, talked about. Um, but yeah, it's just something else that happened in history. And I, I guess this is, this is linking back to our previous conversation about the media and how like, things are portrayed. Um, or how I mean, how things are, um, yeah, yeah, things are, how things are portrayed, like essentially how the media portrays things and how people take it. But this is even before, um, like TV times. But it does, it does go into TV times. This is like shows. So there's something called the the minstrel show that um, started in like the 1830s. And to explain what the minstrel show is, so it wasn't only in America, but what I'm going to read is going to talk about the American form of it. Because of the UK also had something called the Black and White Minstrel Show. Um, so the Minstrel Show or, or Minstrelsy was an American form of entertainment developed um, in the uh, developed. Uh, each show consisted of comic skits, variety acts, dancing, music performance, and m- music performances, and depicted people specifically of African descent. So that was a summary of what the minstrel show was. So in none of that description did I mention the actual issue at the core of the of the minstrel show. So the minstrel show was essentially a portrayal of blackface. That's that's mm-hmm. the way to explain it. This is this was the true or like from what I can see as the most prevalent form of blackface. Because of essentially 
although I just described something that sounded like an entertaining show, because obviously it does inform people dancing, singing, and all these performances, yeah. um, the performers covered themselves in, um, what was it? What does uh, darkened faces with shoe polish and grease paint, and to exaggerate their features like the big noses and like stuff which mm-hmm. they they normally correlated with being like uh, with people from African descent, they made this as like a clown with like a little white paint around their mouth. Basically, the whole aspect of it was to mock, um, to mock black um black people through stereotypes and prejudices that people had at the time, and um, to even to even go into what, like, I guess to kind of explain blackface and see how this issue still permeates today is I'm just going to explain a little, read a little anecdote. So blackface and the codifying of blackness, uh, language, movement, deportment, and character um, as a caricature persists through mass media and in public performances today. In addition to the increased popularity of black Halloween costumes, um, colleges and universities across the country continue, continue to battle against students and professors uh, black patients blackface performances in each instance those faces those facing scrutiny for blackface performances insist no malice and racial hatred was intended so this is this is this is another thing that I'm saying between history and what they've grown up seeing to the actual connotations of what they are what what they are entertaining is causing them the, the issue at hand so the people that are still practicing or doing um, things about this don't understand that although this may be something that you've grown up watching in history and seen the whole uh, exception of it was to mock and demean like p- people of that skin tone so for you to still be practicing today you're celebrating something in history that was that is not not positive and in, in, in the most simple way is very demeaning um, thing is not positive so there's there's almost like no excuse for it but due to them like in their I, this is what I can understand so in their perception they've grown up seeing this this shows it did say also these shows were quite popular at times when um in that community so there was segregation black, black people were looked at as less anyways but the people that were watching the shows were the people uh were white people in the economies that weren't exactly the most wealthy so this was a very good form of entertainment for them. Like they, they, they drew joy from seeing these shows, and it was very, very popular. This, ent- this form of entertainment, the Mitchell Show, was like they loved it back then. Um, and it, uh, a lot of the performers and a lot of money. They did shows all around um, the world and the, the country back then. And yeah, it was, it was quite a heavily celebrated thing, even though from the inception of it, the, the whole, the whole idea was to yeah, to mock black features on, on prejudices and stuff like that. So. Um, in their head, they've seen the show, so they they can correlate that to like positive times where when they maybe were the the world the 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 world at the time or the economy at the time wasn't doing so good, this show was bringing them like joy. So that that's why I can see why today they would be saying they they're not they're having a malice by it. But then this is a way you have to educate yourself to understand why this thing even existed and why it may be wrong. And just because it's, just because it, it may be looked at as your history. And part of the legacy doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's part of it does not mean it's right. So it's, it's almost a form of like personal education to understand why she didn't practice this. But with that, with that all being said, um, yeah, this this Winston show was quite popular, and we still even see instances of things like this in today. So we have to understand where this comes from. And there's there's so many, even as um even on the BBC that like I'm going to bring this back to UK. There, there was there were shows of blackface on the TV 
as late as 1978. So to to even understand that that was still being shown in the media in in the in like in, in the in the 19th century is is kind of shocking to me. But um, yeah, that's another part of it that we don't really discuss and understand why it's um, yeah. influenced today's society. But yeah, the minstrel show. If you want to look into that further, look into that. This was I guess this was just me just like addressing how it could correlate to this to today's society and even like oh there's um actually i don't even want to go into too much but there's instances where i can't remember because i can't remember the names exactly but there's um influences or quite prominent people that have um depicted similar things to the the blackface and like drawing from black culture without understanding how it can be seen as an issue so i'm just gonna say like this there's still there's still quite it's still it's still you can still see it in today's society essentially so yeah um, what you just said is all about blackface in general. There was this show that came out that came out in the nineties. I think it came out around nineteen thirty-five. It was called the Little Black Samba, which is a black a blackface character in a cartoon. And yeah. the actual director of the show is the same person that drew Mickey Mouse. So everyone, so back in there was the thing Mickey Mouse was, a, was actually another reference towards blackface. Can we see the earlier drawing of Mickey Mouse? It's actually yeah. a blackface. So if you look into, so the actual director and the actual director, depending that she put the show together, his name is UB. It, it works. I can't pronounce his surname, but it's just happening. UB. His surname is I W E R K S. UB. It works. I can't say it properly. But the same person that drew this, did did the black character, little black, little little Sambo, and it's the same person that drew Mickey Mouse. So it's just looking at history. Blackface has always played. Blackface has always been here, and it's some and it's still going on now. Even look at a few years ago, the actual fashion as well. This is like last year. The actual yeah, fashion we, we, we spoke about some podcasts. You're right. We spoke about those podcasts and just yeah. like using um yeah, taking things in mystery but not understanding the repercussions yeah. of what you're like appropriating essentially. Exactly. There was, some, there was something that I forgot to mention, which was one of the most popular characters for um, these shows that did feature blackface was Jim Crow, and he did have a there was a popular song. Well, when that time was regarded as popular, called Jump Jim Crow, and you can also Google it and see how it is demeaning. But then, at that time, that show was celebrated. People, lo- I mean, that song that, of the Jump Jim Crow song was celebrated. People love it. But when you look at the lyrics and see what it uh, what it was trying to portray and show, it was literally just, um, yeah, th- that's a demeaning black people. I'm I'm always gonna keep coming back to that because that's the whole inception of this. This show has never looked at as a positive thing for people of color. It may have enrich the lives of um people of non-people of color at the time but the whole reception of it was yeah to, de- to demean them and mock them so anything that came out of it was always negative and uh, on that note of negative things that came out of it it was the, the 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 name jim crow was also the name for the laws which was passed off like around that time that's that segregated white and black people so it's called the jim crow law where people black people couldn't do certain things and couldn't be out of the certain times came out of this show so when when people celebrate um that part of history, they have to understand that they're celebrating segregation, they're celebrating the meaning of the black people, they're celebrating everything that comes of it. It's all encompassing. You have to take it as a whole. You don't just choose one side because it, it may have brought you joy at that time. So there I'm I'm just trying to bring that all together. And I, I think there's still um a part of the world. I don't know, is it is it in is it somewhere in the Netherlands where they they have, they still have a um, of culture. I think it's around Christmas where they do blackface. I'm trying to 
check it right now. Let me just confirm this. Because this that's another thing which shows you something that's part of history for them, but is yeah, is regarded as something bad. So um yeah, it doesn't say Netherlands, but it says it's Dutch Saint Nicholas parade. Um where yeah, from so from their history is is basically a form a form of blackface. And I've seen in um articles in the past saying where they were some people were saying against it, like drawing it up for where it is and saying how it can be regarded as racist. But then people that celebrated it were arguing against that to say this is part of like, their culture and what they stuff that's, that's been going on for years. But um, yeah, you can look into that to um, educate yourself. And it was in the Netherlands actually, so it's called the Dutch Saint Nicholas Parade, um, and that still persists till today. So yeah. So actually, I have a, I have a question for you. So when you think of Jesus or religion in general or God in general, do you see a black person or a white person? Um, just based on like, the images and the portrayals I've seen growing up, I would say not even just me, most people would see uh, like a, a, a white male. Okay, that's fine. But because I, I, I'm researched down, I'm just reading some part of the Bible. Jesus yeah. himself isn't actually a white person. Jesus is a tanned man with a wool hair, so that means just looking at history, looking at just reading Bible, is a black person. And I feel like just in religion in general, using a white person as a Jesus figure or a God figure shows a, is a subconsciously is a way to suppress black people to think white people are superior because they look more like God and Jesus. Does like a savior. Sense? Yes, but in reality, Jesus is actually from. A very, I think from Palestine or is an Hebrew, so he's a black man with a very curly hair. So I feel like systemically and religiously, we've been conditioned to think white people are superior because they look like God and Jesus. That's just my point. I have nothing else to add to that. It just, I think it's up to people their own research. So I said that's that, that's another um, form of like when people like when things are portrayed in certain ways and how um, their ramifications to how people perceive it could be. Like this is this is the this is like the archetype of what this thing. This is like the perfect example of what this thing is. When it may not be what it, what it is in reality, but at the same time, there's a weird there's a weird way to look at that because obviously we um reality is relevant. So yeah. from what people see that they would see that as that's the truth to them. This is why it's kind of hard to quit, to even align some people on subjects like this or on ideals because of. And I remember seeing this when I did study psychology. There's something about like someone being in a cave and what they saw was their reality and they saw um, like a light as the sun and they were in a cave. I need to actually find the name of that research, of that study, but it shows that whatever someone has seen or perceived as their reality growing up is what, no matter what you say to them, that is their reality and, you, and your version of reality is different. So that comes back to all of this stuff and how we are kind of trained to see things in a certain way. And that could be an issue as to why even like in this this like kind of times where this topic has come up and we're kind of like questioning these kind of things in order for like I guess for some people to see like the the kind of like see this this point of view and perspective that we're trying to like educate them on it may be quite like distraught into their mental state to understand what I've thought for so long may not be like what is actually like factual or true in, in terms of like what actually happened or, or, or what or has actually been going on so I'm going to bring back I'm going to bring that to like a study and I think her name was Jane Elliott so um the other day I actually put up a, a thing on um, Instagram of like 
um, TV shows and um, what's it called? Documentaries that people could watch. And this was part of them. And I'm just going to, let me just, while I'm at it, I'm just going to mention the names of the other ones that I put up so people could watch and educate themselves on it. Then I'm going to bring it back to Jane Elliott. So a couple of films and documentaries that people could watch is um, The 13th. Uh, I believe that's on Netflix. Um, Green Book, which is a movie. Strong mm-hmm. Island. Um, three and a half minutes and 10 bullets. That's also uh, a documentary on a case um, that happened a few years ago. The Secret Windrush Files. Um, that's actually something that's quite relevant to Britain. So um, do you know about the Windrush? Yeah, I know the full history, but I've heard, <laughs> I've heard what it's about. And, but I'm not something I've looked into that deep. I know what it is. I know what it is. So I just wanted to uh, see a good way to explain what the what Windrush was. So was it wasn't at the time in um, so the Windrush generation refers to the immer the immigrants who were invited to the UK between the 1948 and 1971. From the Caribbean country, from Caribbean countries such as Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, and etc. Um, so that was that was what Windrush was originally referred to as. And um, I remember there was a scandal in um, 2018 about people being deported wrongfully. Um, so it was, it, was, it was literally it was appropriately named the Windrush scandal in 28. Um, and I'm just going to summarize what people are uh, what people to refer that as. So the Windrush scandal in 2008. Um, is a was a political scandal concerning people who were wrongly detained, denied legal rights, and threatened of deportation in at least eighty three cases. So once you, if you, this is a, is a good thing to watch that documentary because it will will highlight that that issue as well. Um, next is the Stephen Lawrence documentary, and then the lawful killing of Mike Doggan, um, and then a little like a little talk with a color called Unfiltered James. A filtered with James O'Brien, a uh, color deconstructs race and class. I think that's actually a good watch um, that might enlighten you. Okay, so now to go back to the the documentary or like the kind of experiment I spoke about, which is titled the Jane Elliott Blue Eyed and Brown Eyed Experiment. So um, in this documentary, which there's there's a few versions. There's one where she does it with um, some children. There's one she does it with people from the uk and it's just with people from the us um so it, it, i'm going to try to summarize the study but she essentially tries to um illustrate to um to like a group of people like like uh, what kind of systemic racism is and like how people are treated differently based on the color of the skin and to kind of almost explain and get them to understand what privilege is in through a series of experiments um by separating people with blue eyes and brown eyes and getting them to conduct like yeah a few things and the whole outcome is to try to for people to understand um how they may have benefited from something that's been built into like society and how some people out here may have been to some people's detriment um Mm. and so the reason why i haven't mentioned that to to close on my original point of people understanding um like like how things may not be to how they vision it in their reality um, is in one of the studies, I believe it was the US one. Um, a, a girl explained when she actually got to the point of understanding, maybe she has been privileged. She explained to get to that sort of mindset. She explained it to have the same, she had the same feelings as loss. So it's, it's like, imagine that she lost someone. She says, because of in order to, 
to get to that thing of realize that maybe I have had privilege, maybe there is something in society that just because I haven't gone through, some people have to live through. And um, even if I see it, me being silent about it means I'm kind of complicit with it. For her to get to that understanding, she 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 explained it as losing someone. So, it, it, so if you can, if she can explain for her to let go of all her preconceived notions of things that maybe what she's been taught is not right and how she's raised is not how everyone else has been raised. For her to get to that sort of understanding, she had the same feelings as losing something, like losing some sort of power. So that that shows you how kind of daunting it must be on their kind of mindset to get to that thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I understand that mindset, but I do hope a lot of people do get to that mindset. But that just shows you how sometimes it can be a very, a very tough challenge for people to come to that sort of understanding. Hence why... It may not be a surprise, which I, I don't condone, why people don't even want to have that kind of understanding, because it's easier to live in the bubble or the perception of this stuff doesn't affect me or like this stuff is, is not related to me. Or I don't come to understanding. And to even have that sort of thinking of this stuff doesn't affect me or like to even not want to educate yourself, that could be looked at as privilege because of um, to in, you or like for you to not want to research or understand how some people may have been deprived of the years and how some systemic things may be pushed against them. It's almost like a privilege because you don't, you, all you have to do is research it. But you, so you're not researching, but people have to live through this. So it's almost like a privilege for you to even research it rather than live through it and experience it. So sure. I can show some understanding of how that could happen, and but I still would encourage it. But yeah, I was just reading that back to reality and seeing how people may, how people may not want to uh, like absorb this information or even kind of entertain the fact that maybe what they thought was not what things are mm. um and yeah so that'll be a good watch um just gonna so yeah the the the, the jane elliott's um documentary and i would recommend that if you want to enlighten yourself as much as, as well as the other documentaries and shows that i've um mentioned so i'm coming from a place of empowerment and right now we have around 13 to 15 percent african-americans in america I feel like one, like I don't like the fact that we only come together when something bad happens. I feel like we need to form an organization or a community where we all come together and empower each other. Because we have the likes of Joe Biden, which I don't really agree with some of his policies, telling black people, you not know, going on black platforms, telling black people if they don't vote for him, they're not black. However, in the 90s, he was pushing agendas to put more black people in jail. Maybe not like that. Was is actually that she creates treated laws for people, for black people, not black people in general, just just mostly black crimes, which resulted in black people going to jail. So sometimes we used to look at these people's not just current policies, but where they came from in general. And also in in I feel like currently a lot of black people in America do vote as Democrats, but then to also look into history and know majority of black people used to used to vote for. Republicans, due to the fact that back in the day, Democrats were very much against, no, Democrats were for slavery, while Republicans were definitely against slavery, and I mentioned that earlier as well. And Republicans actually put a lot of black people in the Senate, which I think we have more, more then than we actually have now. So we had black people in the actual power to assist, to help black people back then, to compare to now. And I feel like black people just, black people need to just do research. And educate, educate themselves. And I feel like right now, and uh, we can talk about black people not having the access to education, but I know a lot of black people have access to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that's, that's internet connection. And they can still have access to just educating themselves on black history, not slavery history, but black history. Because slavery history isn't black history. That's white history. That's not black history. Black history is 
starts from Africa. And I do know love black people that always go, I'm not African. Yes, you are. You're black. Definitely from Africa. So educate yourself and grow up. That's just my point. That's a very kind of beat at the end of that. Well, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to educate. <laughs> yeah, I hear um I, I hear your point of view. Because like I said, it is good to like, um, although like I'm, I'm touching on quite sensitive topics and trying to come from, I don't know, like almost like a, a edu- like educational point of view, but at the same time kind of, um, I, I'm just not, not trying to sound patronising, but just trying to like inform. So that's why I've been a bit more firm with the point of view that you do need like your aspects of, you, I guess your points are more encouraging. But it's a mixture of both. In order to to educate, you do have to have uncomfortable topics. You have to discuss uncomfortable topics and then um, yes. address them in order to move forward. So yeah, I, I do I do welcome your points of um, encouragement. Um, there was something I, I was trying to talk about, but I couldn't exactly find all the statistics from over the years. But just how the case um, of the, just like uh, the people that have um, issues with the rioting and, and looting as what, what's, what's happening right now and showing how things have happened in history mm. where people have rioted and looted and it, it has led to change and on that to- on that um, tone of people like rioting that kind of energy that, that leads to that, that kind of um what like what pushes people to riot and and like loot which we I don't condone looting riot and destroying businesses but it comes out of people being oppressed or something being injustice, ju- like ju- like injustice happening essentially. So, um, the I want to keep this to UK focus because of there's a lot of riots over the the years that have happened um, in other countries um, due to other things. But the the thing that happened in um that happened now in America has happened in UK as well, but in, in, on, on different topics. So what I was going to talk about was the 2011 riot, which is one of the most prominent ones um, that happened in the UK. So I'm just trying to see what was the, the cause of it, because I believe it was also the death of, was it Mike? Yeah, it was Mike Doggan. Um, so yeah, so essentially, I, I, I actually remember this because I, I worked um, in a retail store at that time. But um Okay. The the riot started after the death of Matt Duggan, which um, it was explained as an unarmed man that was shot by police. Um, and uh, I, I, uh, from what I understood, there was no accountability from the police part, which is another thing that always leads to this. So a lot of these riots and losing all this um, kind of reaction could be literally stopped if the appropriate response from the like the, the justice system was like, was followed through for example when something happens take the people accountable or try to avoid things in the first way like by de-escalating situations that would save all of this because I've, I've seen uh, a way of almost like blaming where people mm. are, are condemning the riots and often happen it could be influenced by what they see on the media um from my from what i mentioned previously as in the media only showing one side of things not showing the peaceful protests only showing the sensationalized aspects of it of people causing damage property and looting and not showing the peaceful protesters just sitting down um pe- yeah pro- uh, protesting pre- um peacefully not causing any damage not provoking anyone they don't show that so these people's anger and understanding of the riots are focused on that so they, so they lose they lose the the aspect of what the whole point of this is the people mm-hmm. even being so angry and 
so to, to back to back onto that about the 2011 riots, something also on that on that note happened in 1985. So the reason why I'm doing that is it just it just shows that history repeats itself. This what's been happening has been happening for years and may keep on happening if nothing is addressed. So yeah, another shooting that occurred in 1985 was the shooting of um, Jerry Cross, um, also by police, and the same um, appropriate. Um, response wasn't followed why is hence why people rioted and i'm and i and i'm sure in the history in history there's been similar cases like this and there will be more similar cases this they're going to keep occurring if the right appropriate action isn't followed through so it's almost like a causal reaction like as in this situation has happened and people have reacted in this way and then we condemn them and we can see the case in america where they're 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 um protesting against police brutality and unfair injustice in the system, and then yet um, the government responds with even more police brutality and even more injustice towards protesters. So I, I don't see how solutions. Any we're going to get to solutions where the the actions that are being met is is the the actions that have been followed through are the same actions that they were, were protesting against. So it's, it's almost like a there's nothing's going to progress if the same actions have been uh, happening. And when all this dies out, something else will happen, and it will happen over again. It's almost like governments and people in power aren't learning from history and trying to like change um and yeah i just want to mention that point of how in order for, for us to go forward when when things are um things that occur we have to try to combat it with a different approach rather than trying to condemn all these protesters protesters and like i said react with excessive force um at them because it, it doesn't it doesn't get anywhere what, um, what, what have you heard about any of these issues? No, I, actually, I saw when you said the riots in the nineties. I thought the early riot. That's a different. That's a different process UK. in general. So, so yeah, this is yeah. So in the UK one, that happened. That happened a few years ago, two thousand and eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. You know, I was so young back then. I didn't know what was actually going on, but I saw what was going on TV, and the same thing. But I think back then, though, the actual. Was that even a riot? Was that even a protest? I don't know. That's what I've seen on TV was what media was showing was people looting, people stealing. So it was just a crazy time. But looking back now and having more knowledge, it's like that's what the media does. They portray the protest. Even if it was a peaceful protest as something that was very violent, very something that was very yeah. negative. But, but that, that, always, that always happens. That always happens with it. And then to condemn, but I always just condemn all the protesters. And don't get me wrong. They, okay, I'm going to say this. So they, it was. It, it, the the riots did get quite violent, and I did mention that I worked in a yeah. store. I worked in a store that was actually near the riots. Surprisingly enough, it was Brixton again. Um, so I wasn't meant to be at that store normally, but I worked in that area. And um, uh, just li- literally as soon as I left work, um, the, the, this the same place that I I worked in at the time was was um, looted and rioted. That they did break things, and I saw oh. that um, the media focusing that, even though there was other more peaceful protests and that like, people were signs like in that same at that same time they just focused on that so it, it comes with it but that's like but to condemn all the the protesters to say they're all looters or rioters is it's the same um thing that we would they if, we, if you're going to say that then um people saying all police it's that same all police are bad because there's a bad few people yes. you can't say it, it's, it's a for like a false point you can't say all writers are looters and all of this is as, as much as we show this image of police, we do understand not every police is bad. We've just seen like we're seeing like um an uncomfortable majority that are. 
So you can't condemn, we're not condemning all police. And just as where you're trying to condemn all writers. But then when the people condemn, I mean, all protesters, when you're condemning protesters, looked at as almost like factual, like, yes, they're all bad. They're all, they're, they're all just aggressive. They're all just, exactly. not, and then the points, the points and the movement gets lost. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, like I said, there's always two sides to this. Yeah, I feel like that's what, I said there's always two sides. So I feel like if you actually have the same, you're actually on the ground and see what's going on. You have a different perspective than watching it on TV. I feel like yeah. back then as well, I feel like this is why I'm so happy we have like Twitter. I mean, yeah, yeah we have Twitter. Because back then, all the information we got were from watching on the news. However, we see from the news is what we see as just gospel. But now we can actually go on Twitter, see everyone actually recording what's going on on the ground. I actually saw a video based on what's going on right now. Actually, I saw a video of this guy trying to destroy a building and everyone, every other black person trying to stop from doing it. But on TV, that would be something different. They're just showing a normal person trying to do that. So right now, I'm just happy yeah. have social media to, to show what I've even on. seen videos of, of um, police police being separated from their unit and yeah, yeah. Uh, black people trying to trying to protect them to not get attacked, but that will never make it to, to TV because it doesn't it doesn't fit the narrative. I actually saw it I saw this video of this guy attacking so this basically this video was set up as a as a man, this black guy, the police officer kicking a woman that was kneeling on the ground. And I see this black officer, this black female officer going crazy at him, like what are you doing? Why are you kicking that person for? So I feel like right now we do have a lot of black people in the force that should try to help our black people in the protests, in doing the protests as well, which is very positive. Like I said, not all cops are bad. We just have it's like having bad eggs in a bunch. We can't all generalize the. We can't generalize everyone as being bad. It's just not human. And yeah, and I'm just gonna. I actually want to touch up on some points as well because one, two. So I was looking at. I'm just gonna leave. I'm just. Gonna, I'm just gonna leave with some points. I, I mean, Black History. We should, we should do that research to Black History, Black people. So, just I have another point. Just on just, just on Black History in general. Um, our Black people have always shaped our current reality. So back in the day, when I can't really pronounce this word properly, but C-section that women have when they give birth actually came from Africa, Uganda, and the first C-section that the Western world know was done by this white guy that went to Africa. She went to Uganda and he saw a black woman having a C-section. And the first very one was done in Uganda. While in the Western country, they couldn't do it because they know women were getting infected. And he, he wrote a whole article about how he saw the woman, the actual went into it. And the fortunate part of this, the woman actually survived the C-section, but a lot of women don't. So just history in general, when it comes to medicine, a lot of medicine, a lot of things we take as just being normal came from the Western world actually came from Africa. For example, like the C section. So that's just a little a little cherry a little cherry oh, okay. I didn't I didn't even know that that's where it occurred from. You just thought yeah. that was a thing that was just in the society on this no. how, how it existed. It came, from, it came from Uganda. Um and in terms of like uh that was that what part of it what what um, do you know what year that was or just that was just like a a long time ago. That was around. That was very. That was a very, very, very long time ago. I'm, I haven't got the actual year down. I just know the actual C-section came from Africa. I'm sorry. I haven't got the. I haven't got the actual year. It can be. Yeah, a lot of things did come from Africa. A lot of things we always take for granted. Like I said, the iron, the Africans ushered in the Iron Age. You know about what that is. C-section. But would that would that be like a result of colonization? Colonization, because essentially, like what C-section. 
not in C-section, I mean, when, like, not not purely C-section, but in terms of um, once you go to these places, you take over or you make deals or you, um, yeah, like, essentially take over. When you, once you acquire aspects of, of like, when you aspire to acquire the people, you also acquire aspects of their culture and stuff they've yes. learned. And then in terms of, like, the fact that I said this, I said before, um, how history is written by the winners, you can just shape it into, like, a narrative of how you created it. It's one of those yeah. things that it just gets lost. So sometimes it's even hard to account to what part of history that may have stemmed from or what time in history because of it's just skewed by the people that wrote the information. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's always good to look beyond what is just available. Yeah, even on that note of that C-section, it wasn't the first time. It's something they've been doing for a long time. The right guy was just fortunate to be there at that time when it was being done, so you can write it down. But it, a, a lot of things I would say uh, I discovered is that saying, oh, we discovered this Nigel River or whatever, but there were people that actually lived around the area. So we discovered it first. You know, like, it That's wasn't true. you. It's saying you discovered chicken. Mm, no, you're not. It's not chicken, like, <laughs> 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 you know, hungry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm just trying to empower um, black people. Black like, empower and inspire. Empower and inspire. Um, another thing that I was I was gonna discuss about um discuss is um yeah I guess this whole um so the first issue that we've we've all been tackling or discussing is like police brutality in these times. Um another thing which is um like part of that is um systemic racism. Um I would say um in regards to systemic racism in the US is a bit more like they have a very overt culture about it, obviously due to the president right now being like supporting um, like or saying things along the lines that support that kind of behavior, like telling um, the police that rough people up when they have them in the custody, encouraging um, like hate towards opposing people, which are generally people of color, ah, he's a radies, just stuff like that. Like, so America has a very overt culture of racism, um, and uh, UK one is very covert. Like, you, it's almost hard to spot. It's, it's like it's almost like. It's so quiet and interweave, interweaved into the society that is almost that you cannot you can when people say it doesn't exist they they, they can back it up by not not like seeing it because it's so subtle but racism does exist it's not just a US problem it's actually like a global problem but obviously we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a aspect of it because of from the places we grew up from so yeah I just wanted to um kind of explain in 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 uh, as much simple as I can the understanding of what is structural racism and how it can be viewed so I'm just trying to explain it for, for people that may be saying what is this and it doesn't exist because I do know people and I do um, have people in my life that have I, I have had conversations with that have had shared the point of view that they don't see it or from from yeah from their upbringing they're just they're just not aware of it and some of them have tried to educate themselves on it and I do have people that just literally don't see it and they refuse to to accept that it does exist so I guess this is just for those people to see this perspective because I do, like I said, I, I'm quite open to listening to other perspectives. But um, on the on the topic of structural racism, I would say that structural racism can happen when there's dozens and hundreds and thousands of people with the same biases joining together um, to make an op- like to to make an organisation and acting accordingly. So in terms of when we when we lead back to years and years of um things like um uh, forget even slavery that, that's that's way too far back but the the, rem, the the remnants of slavery and how it uh blends into the culture 
um, the Jim Crow, um, things that have discussed segregation and um, that blackface and how the media portrayed people and how people uh, people of color have been perceived. You can understand that all of those um, ideals have been passed on to people and we've passed on to generations. And then those people and generations have grown up and taught that to their kids and then they taught that to their kids' kids. And a mixture of that is at the times where there was segregation and people of color were, were um, what's it called? They were less able to uh, like amass wealth compared to their white counterparts. So a mixture of their ideals that um, people of color are less educated um, and just not on not as looked at as a human being as them, mixed in with their biases and also their ability to amass wealth, they're gonna pass that to their to the next generation. So then the next generation, which is getting closer to where we are now, will then work at these will, will then be in positions of power to dictate how the society forms. So they're gonna make snap judgments based on their their perception of competence of how to see people of color. So they um they will in turn may not they may not put people of color in positions where they where which is all equal to them if that makes sense so if, due to all these biases and passed on years of generations they will then practice this in in establishments today um that they are working in and to um to kind of back that up there was a survey of self-admitting racist um of self-admitting racist and it found out that um they were predominantly white males um who were professionals between the ages of 35 and 64 um and they were highly educated and earned a lot of money and on from from what i've just mentioned of the kind of people that i've been self-admitted racists and they've said they, they literally do share these ideals in uh, the fact that they've amassed a lot of wealth and can be in these places so that means some of these people are likely to be landlords bosses ceos ed teachers so they can have a direct impact on the opportunities and places that people of color can get into or where they can even live where they can work even in like in even in um like health there's, there's like doctors I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to uh, explain how something can be a shared bias and be spread through a system which is why we go back to systemic racism um and that collective um effects of that bias can drastically influence the life chances of those people of color so that, so to kind of go back to that, if these people are in these powerful positions, who who are us, who are or who are we, people that say this racism doesn't exist, to to say that they won't, their biases won't influence the decisions that they make in people of color's life? Because I said these people are in these positions, and years and years of things have happened in history has led to this. And to now, we are very very progressive. Don't get me wrong; like the the same issues that were um, overtly put um out like overtly obvious in the past are not so these days it's more like interweaving society we don't necessarily see it um it, it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't um alert itself so that's why people can are always under this um this kind of um understanding to say we like we are in a meritocracy which we we normally thought we were in but we, i from from what i've seen and the experiences i don't i do believe that we're not in a meritocracy britain is not meritocracy never is the u.s there is a lot of systemic things that still play a factor into the lives of specific people in this world specifically people of color um and i, I don't just want to mention that without saying a way that we we can fix it obviously we can fix it by being um more educated on the issue at hand and also when when we have these biases 
and prejudices, we kind of address them. And then when we see other people doing it, we do call it out. That's the only, that's one of the ways that it, it will, will move forward. Also, it can be fixed with more um, diverse representations and education at all points that I've previously mentioned, because we need to understand that this stuff does exist in society. And for us to, to, um, to say it doesn't exist or kind of just like be ignorant to the issue is, is in turn exercising your privilege at the same time to the detriment of the development of your society and not acknowledging how society is today. Society isn't just one race. Society is quite diverse. We're multicultural and nation in, in most places. And we have to, to ignore that and try to keep old ideals. It's quite archaic and just detrimental to our progress in general. And also quite willfully ignorant. So I just kind of, just, just pro people that that can make a difference to make the difference because it's almost on you to make a change because if you don't we're, we're gonna just keep promoting the current issues that we do have and I mean I could ca- we could carry on like naming more facts about and and even talk about um, researches that's been done to show people applying for jobs with um, names that sound from like uh, sounds like Af- African sound names in general and not getting a callback and then applied for in, jobs in that same company with um, more English sound names and I've got a callback and there's been actually research done into that I mean I could keep mentioning that it was like a 2009 research by the working pensions committee that did that I could keep mentioning that but that that will not fix anything if we don't look inside ourselves and try to kind of force the changes and try to encourage others Um, so yeah I just wanted to um, talk about that last point and just like just trying to get the message across but um even even on mention that um, before we move forward, I just want to ask you: Have you experienced any of that, like in the workplace, or well, racism in the workplace, or no, just no, in no, general? Not necessarily, not necessarily racism. I I need to tell you that question differently. But um, instances where you've seen, um, like some something that like systemic, there's that you feel like has been to your disadvantage, not based on anything else, not lack of skills, just based on yeah, like the the yeah, the color of your skin. I feel like when it comes to, when it comes to my colleague, I haven't experienced any form of racism. However, when I was in retail, I, I had a client, I had a customer once that asked me like, "Oh, where are you from?" And I'm Nigerian, and I was like, "Oh, don't steal my card." And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, straight don't fraud my card straight away." And I was laughing, and I was like, "You should have done my work, man. I would slap your head." But at the same time, I just like, you know what? I don't know where that. I don't know why why he said it. Why he said that to me at all? But it seems like I felt kind of weird. And it's also the same thing when people go, oh, it's like, you know, when people look at you, especially white, especially, especially white men, and they'll be like, oh, if you go to the gym now, you can, be, you can become a boxer. I'm like, I, I feel very self conscious when they say that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to yeah. be something you watch and entertain yourself. Now, I'm a black, I'm, I don't look at him like, oh, you should, you should start running or you should start swimming because I, I don't care. But when you look at a black person, they're black, oh, your muscle is so different, you can get into sports. And it's simply where they always think, because you're, you're a tall black person, you should be a basketball player. How about if you're a tall black person, you can be a lawyer, you can be a, a doctor. And yesterday, last night, I was watching the Malcolm X movie, and it was, it was and I want to say, as a kid, he was so smart, and he used to get the best grade in class, and he told his yeah. teacher he wants to be a lawyer. And I was like, oh, you can't be a lawyer. I was like, why? He said, you just can't be a lawyer. Like God doesn't want you to. Be, I think say that I'm about Jesus doesn't want you to be a lawyer, but you can be a carpenter because you're so good with your hands and you're black. And he's like, yeah, but I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be a lawyer because I, I want to be a lawyer. 
So back then thinking, imagine going to a school and telling you can't be something based on the color of your skin. So the system has, has been rigged against a lot of black kids from a very, very young age. And that's where it starts from. Because the only way you can control someone is, first of all, take over the leader and control the children. And that's the only way you can take over a community. Ooh. Yeah, hence why um, there's been instances in history where quite um, prominent leaders have been, like, yeah, like, I guess, assassinated or just suspect like suspiciously assassinated and their kind of influence has been gone and is kind of a, a influence to progress because if they were addressing issues such as like amassing wealth the mass incarceration that was going on the representations mm-hmm. and issues of education that we're facing like i said they're still that we that people of color were facing at the time that's still um affecting them to today but yeah it's, like i said it's just not just power everything we've said can be researched yeah. easily and then you can educate yourself on it and um to kind of just conclude i um as as we even like recording this uh i've been on twitter and seen um on in london people that protest and come together so i'm just like i'm just gonna go back to your point and say i do like love the what's going on right now and the progress that we are like having and showing and as a community i'll come together and even like our allies and people that are waking up and seeing the issue at hand and trying to progress us but it's just like th- like so this time we will refer to so when you say allies, you mean white liberals or just people in general, like businesses? No, and people stuff? in general that are not people of colour that are supporting the cause. Okay. And trying to educate themselves. Because the white liberal topic, that gets, that that's another whole, another thing that we need to go into. And like I said, that, <laughs> that, then that's more on the point of people of colour educating themselves to, to spot that as well and to not necessarily let, let not, not to be blindsided by people with hidden agendas that may seem that they're for your cause but they're not that's that's yes. like another part of yes. it yes I was, um, I, was, I was gonna say that but you just you just said it myself and I, I just, i'm just yeah. gonna say like i feel like black people need to i always say like black people need to know your history and not slave history and i feel like you can't you can't move forward you don't know where you're coming from so i always believe we should look into that past as black in general then they can look maybe this is what black and black people are doing and we can even achieve more because i even saw a stat of where a lot of Nigerians going to America make up a lot of the actual, how can I put it, black people doing well in America based on what they, based on their grades to school. I'm mostly international students from, coming from other African countries, not African students, not African kids who were born in that country, that makes sense. So there's like international black kids doing well in America right now. So I feel like we just need to just know your history, know where you come from. And I always say is, I have this quote I wrote down, and I wrote, Americans don't hate you. They, they are scared of you. They are scared of the day you wake up and realize your self-worth and your power. American or Western world is, is scared of an educated black person. And that's, my, that's a tweet. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel the energy from that, and I can see the, the point of view. And like I said, even looking back at history and seeing how that can be argued as like a kind of... Um, like what what has happened is as a reactionary method to kind of stop that from happening and mm. what i'm saying is that in this generation but like every generation has something quite prominent that happened and trying yeah. to make change this is one of those things there's many other things like even what has resulted in in everything happening right now is like an amalgamation of loads of things for example prior to this specific like protest that happened right now people a lot of people have lost their jobs i believe um over 
like millions of people i think it's like 30 or 40 million in america i'm not i haven't got the uk stats but a lot of people actually uk is a bit different because we have the furlough system but a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people have died from the coronavirus there's a, there's there was already like an uh, economy recession happening and then on top of that to still be having a very dated issue such as discrimination and systemic racism to still be occurring at that time it was just a last straw so this time is very specific. This time will be looked at. Like, like, I keep repeating that. And that's what results in this. So people are just tied in general. And to have this on the back of that is just, is like the it's last straw. I'm not that note of black people dying. Sleep sick of vitamin D. Now, if you're a black person, take vitamin D. You need, you need, it, more than, you need it more than everyone else. Because of our skin, yeah. our body works. We need vitamin D more than everyone else. So please take vitamin D. That's why a lot of black people are dying from coronavirus because you're not getting enough, you're not getting enough vitamin D. One of the reasons, anyway, but just to yeah, I say that they act like you're a doctor, so that's the reason. No, you know what's crazy because because imagine coming from a place where you get excess vitamin D from the sun and coming to a different country where you're not only getting any vitamin D, it can yeah. affect your body, it affects your body system and the way your brain functions as well. So it do do, and it's, it's also it's good for your immune system as well. So vitamin D plays a huge, plays a huge part in some of our vitamins. That one I need to start getting some. And also, people just like, as much as like all this stuff is quite personal, would you encourage people to educate themselves on this? And obviously, people of color to like, or um, like specifically black people to um, to like obviously support them, even understand what's going on right now. We do know obviously mm-hmm. this stuff can be overwhelming for your mental, like, yeah, for your, your mental health in general. So oh, obviously, would you take a break? I would encourage people to turn off their phones after a while. Um, yeah. Just to, just to yeah, just to like be calm because this stuff is quite significant and it can be a toll on you. Like even consuming, like it's still good to consume all the stuff and then you just to be aware, but just know that yeah, you need time for yourself and this stuff can be overwhelming. But um, yeah, yeah, that's stuff that we should be doing anyways. And this time is very like a very unique time in in history and the world, and we will only see positive things from this. So we just yeah. gotta live through this. And this year will be a very interesting year, and we'll all come out of it. And, <laughs> And just yeah, be be peaceful, loving, and turning up again in no time. I'm just waiting for sure to open up again. I'm tired of. Actually, let me finish you with a last quote. What's yeah. my last quote? I say I, I would. I believe a black a black person with education, knowledge, and wisdom can't be oppressed. Can't be oppressed. That's it. That's my last quote. That's a tweet. <laughs> but okay. Um. Yeah. I just I just can't wait for things to be opening. That like t- times where we've accomplished what we're trying to accomplish with this and and like it's like um we move forward from beyond just um the situation right now i mean this whole year like i don't want to go into you know just whole year this <laughs> was i'm just oh yeah just to go back to some sort of form of reality still waiting for that but yeah i'm honest with you i thought 2020 would be, would be the year you know and yeah it's, everyone's it's got to delete all the old tweets trust me it's kind of the old it's, i feel like 2020 is the year but not for some not for what we expected but it's something completely different and also, yeah. one thing I'm worried about is a lot of politicians are going to use this as a weapon in the election, and that's going to trigger me. <sighs> that's and another thing, a lot of so that, a lot of politicians, I can guarantee this right now. Um, before all of this, there was already predicted to be a second wave. Any like, anyways, due to um, what's it called? Due to things businesses being open and things being let open mm. without even having a vaccine, and beyond this people even going out recklessly anyways and there's even pictures of people on the beach and in other parties and stuff but once 
once there is a second wave, which is highly possible because, like I said, there's no there's no vaccine, some parties are going to use this protest and stuff to blame it on people of color. I can almost guarantee that will happen. So when that when that does occur, mm. we need to educate ourselves to see the agenda. So yeah, I'm just gonna put that out there. But mm. let's let on a positive note. Oh, um, I've been listening to Canali's album. I just want to drop on that. Like Canali's album is um quite. Is good. it good? It's called "It Was Good Until It Wasn't." It's actually quite good. Like um, <laughs> I haven't listened to it in a while, and yeah, um, I, I would encourage you to listen to that album. But, um, yeah, it's quite good. I can't think of any other albums I've been listening to. I think I've just listened to mainly that. You know what? I've been listening. To, I've, I've been listening to like some throwback with Cross. <laughs> oh, oh, but there's this like there's a playlist on Spotify called Black yeah. Lives Matter. That's quite a few yeah. songs in that playlist. Is where you can check it out. But I've been listening to that with Cross when his old album Tef London. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a good. Not Steph London. Tef London. No, Tef. It's Tef, baby. Tef London material. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I, I had like a, a nostalgic place, but just mainly like Akon and Neo. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then. Oh, bad. <laughs> yeah. But, um, if you want to feel empowered, listen to Jesus by Kanye West as well. You want to feel some type of way. Yeah, about that. But his best yeah. album is still a beautiful dark fantasy. I think that's what it's yeah. called. Dark, beautiful, dark, dark. No, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah, that album is a classic. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very good. That's a, yeah, you're right. That's a very great album. I still yeah. think the album is amazing. I remember listening to that when it first came out. Like, and just that's an album that you have to go track A. Like, you have to go from track one to like the last. Just like listen to it already. And I even remember the visuals for it. Like, yeah, like like I mean, it came out like in 2010. Yeah. The album was amazing. I mean, so, was it a movie? Was it like um? It was loads of songs in it. Like uh, played in yeah. the yeah. I see. I saw that when it came. Out. I can't really remember it that much. I just I remember. Oh, I remember Nicki Minaj just part in one of the songs. Because it's just so like yeah, but she wasn't there. Though, the movie, no, she though, wasn't there, movie. but her, I remember her her vocals mixed with the visuals, oh, yeah. and then we crossed parts and like a car and, and ladies with like there was a lady with a like wings like a swan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and, he, and him playing the beat maker in the house. Like I, I remember like little scenes from it. Like the cinematography was amazing. From, you know what's crazy? Though? I should get some time. I feel like I need to look as a look back on things I watched as a kid. I can fully understand yeah. them. I remember as a kid, I watched that video. I was like, "Oh, amazing!" Now, now I watch it now. He has like deeper meanings, be the natural video and the concept. Because you, you hear differently. Yes, something to go back it? and watch maybe some stuff and I don't know, reevaluate yeah. things. But yeah, what's up? Anything else to okay. talk about? No, we... I think I think we've um, we've so just to cover obviously what we just spoke about before this was a brief history. So uh, just thank you for. For like listening yeah. to that, thanks for guys for listening. It was a very every topic, but we should educate and inspire people, yeah, even and black people in general. So, I guess we are done. Thanks for listening, guys, and for the next episode, which is coming out. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs>